Hello and welcome to the Develop Podcast. I'm Ben Gilbert and over this year I've been hosting a series of episodes which explore how the Salvation Army is working within different communities around the world. Which brings us to the last of this series of 2020. I'm speaking to Ellen Vanderhill who supports health programs within the Salvation Army. Now we know that clean water is still an urgent need in many parts of the world. But building toilets and pipes for clean water, as crucial as these might be, might not make much of a difference if attitudes and perceptions of hygiene are not addressed too. So I'm speaking to Ellen on this week's podcast, who explains how football coaching and hygiene are more closely linked than we might think. Well, Ellen, thank you so much and allowing me to take some time into your busy schedule. Uh, So would, would you just introduce yourself, first of all? Uh, my name is Ellen van der Heel and I'm working on the International Development Department in the Netherlands. The topic I'm addressing is health, water and sanitation and human trafficking. So tell me a little bit about how you got involved with the Salvation Army and your background. My background is medical and I have uh, lived in Africa for around uh, 10 years. In Asia I lived for the 5 years and then you know sometimes you move also where God is leading you. And I believe very, very much in that. So I worked for different NGOs and also for refugee care. And sometimes refugee care is moving to another country. So I worked for in the Netherlands for an NGO for 10 years. And then I said, let me pick up another uh, another challenge. And the Salvation Army have never worked for, but it's well known in the Netherlands. So Ellen, you've told me a little bit about a program that you're involved with in Ghana which is primarily a WASH program, water and sanitation. Um, But there's another element which is all to do with football. And so could you tell us a little bit more about that program and how water and football mix? Yeah, I can understand your question, uh, but it is quite uh, innovative. You know, if you work with water and sanitation, we always think about uh, drilling boreholes, harvesting rainwater, uh, building uh, sanitation blocks, whatever. This is the useful stuff we do. But we also become to know that really uh, the change in an attitude, that's not easy. To make people really to use the facilities, to clean the facilities, and also particularly the attitude in hygiene, that is quite uh, something. So then tested a method, which is called football um, for water, which then you relate the football to the water. In the football team, you are training your football team. So you have a coach and is training the team. So now we have coaches in the school and the coaches are training the teachers and the teachers um, then become almost like a coach in the water and sanitation uh, approach, which means you set up a football team in a school and you know you the, the attraction is then the football team. It's not the water and sanitation because that is not so attractive for the, for the, for the boys and the girls. They just go to the toilet and that's all. So the attraction is the football team. And if you are in a football team and you are trained in a football team, you train different elements. For example, you are a team player. So whatever you do affects the other one. Uh, It's also discipline. It's also planning. So these elements, then you link to the hygiene promotion, which you also need discipline. And you need also working together. Because if one goes to the toilet and you don't clean the toilet, the other person has the problem. Very good point. Yes. <laughs> so, so basically, you are you are linking football training and those sessions, sports training. So, how does it work on a practical level? How does a a typical football training session involve hygiene? 
people from the football uh, team from the Netherlands, even real coaches sometimes who have trained football teams, they are coming. And we pay for the training and then the training goes as follows. They train uh, the teachers and uh, the teachers, they are training the children. When you play the football, everyone uh, looks to the team because there is a new team in the school. So you really uh, get attraction, attraction because of the team. They also wear shirts for football for water. So you have a shirt, not for football, but football for water. And for example, let me give one example. If you have the ball, you know, if you have to heat the ball, you can also say you have to heat the, the, the hygiene aspect, for example. So you can take it or you can pull it away. So that kind of um, linking, it's there in the football. But particularly also working together. I think the working together is most of them. So um, if one person does something, it affects another one. So we also talk, for example, about cholera. Many people are not hygienic. You can easily get uh, cholera. But, you know, if you're all uh, cautious about it, then it means all of you pay attention to it. Another one is also uh, they also uh, train people how to make a planning. So it's the practical part, but also how do you do the planning? So they, they sit with the school management, the parents, the, the PTAs, the parents, teachers. Parent teachers. Teacher association, yeah. They sit together and then they also make a plan for the school. So what kind of changes, Ellen, have you seen in the school? Uh, it was quite amazing what I've seen because I'm already for long in the development sector, maybe already for the 25 years. But really, again, to achieve attitude change is, is not easy. But the attraction to the football and the water makes it, uh, children to be very creative and to see the link about hygiene and their own responsibility. So, for example, I saw increase in hand washing. I saw an increase that people all leave the toilets a little bit more clean than usual because they know there is also a control on it. So if you leave the toilet dirty and another one comes to and see the toilet dirty, you are reported now. And before maybe you were not reported. But maybe you are not reported. You are just uh, pointed to your responsibility because you just had a training and if you don't pick up your responsibility... So it's more appealing on responsibility and uh, participation than in controlling, and I think that's the key. And another good example I saw, this was a boy, and he was uh, giving me an answer that he also had the relation uh, between his personal hygiene. So he went home and said, you know, I need more bathing, and we also have to use soap at home because sometimes maybe we are smelling. So if the whole family members have to do that, not only me, and another example was an, um, just a notebook. So one of the child shows his notebook to me and say, you know, look how clean my notebook is. Because usually I was just, uh, it was just dirty or I, I did not have the link between my notebook and personal hygiene or just hygiene in general. Mm-hmm. What we also hope is that the children become an, um, an, an agent of change and that seems maybe a little bit tricky, but if the children pick it up, they will also talk about it at home. And you hope that the parents are also asking questions and also get that knowledge and also will put it in practice. That's also quite um, funny because I talk to some parents and then they say, you know, it's not easy if your child comes home and knows something better than you. Or he pretends that he knows something better. So the child was just... Uh, pointing to the parents and saying, you know, we need more personal hygiene in our own lettering at home. So first they say it's not easy, but finally when they listened to the child and saw that the child was very serious, 
they picked it up and say we are responsible as a whole family. And then the child, of course, is still proud that he is the one who point to the parents. Is this training for girls and for boys? Yes, it's for uh, girls and for boys, but there is uh, a special aspect for girls. Um, and that is also a new pilot that the Salvation Army is also piloting uh, first in Ghana and now we're also piloting in, in uh, Indonesia. That when we have sanitation blocks, we build one room extra and we call that a changing room where the girls, when they have the menstruation period, then they can go and wash themselves and change. And before, uh, they feel very embarrassed, you know, they feel not secure, and many girls are just staying at home. So if you count uh, one week in one month, so then three months almost, they, are, they did not go to school. So we saw also a change there, that the girls are coming to school because now they feel secure, there is water. Secondly, there is a changing room, and thirdly, it's the attitude change. Because what we also did is a lot of role plays in the, in the classrooms, And then we talked openly about the menstruation period. So in, in my youth, we never talked about it. And maybe also when you were at school, you don't talk about these things. So if you start openly talking about this in the classroom, then you also remove taboo. And that means now the girls feel very secure, so they come to school. So when you link it to the education program, it means then that also the, chills, the girls are not missing uh, three months education. And how does this then... So just explain a little bit more about how the girls are involved with the football training and the sessions there. In the football, we just mixed. So it's just uh, uh, boys and girls together. But sometimes uh, they want to have a boy team or a girl team, which is allowed. But mostly the girls are not uh, playing football in the, in, the, in the African context in this uh, case. But, you know, they pick up interest now. So they also thought, why not playing also football? But when it comes to the training for the changing room, we give special sessions for the girls about uh, the changing in the body and the menstruation period. But when it comes to using the sanitation block, we put them again together. Because if you only teach the girls and then you left the boys behind, they can still laugh about it or there is still maybe taboo. Yeah. So to break the taboo, we have also role plays. So it's additional on the football for water. And so this this model then of, of using sports or football in this case um, and to introduce wash and hygiene training, presumably then you can use the same model to work with other topics, not only... Uh, like hygiene, but there must be other stuff that you can use the same thing. You're using sports to tackle conflict or peace building, that type of thing. Does that happen as well? Yeah, that is also the aim, and it happens already. And I think the the football for water is not the only example. I, I when I was traveling, I also hear other examples where they also link uh, football to different topics. So we are not only unique. Maybe for the Salvation Army, it's the first time that we are doing it. I hear also examples in uh, conflict zones, particularly, let me give an example, in Africa, you have this tribal conflict, so if you have a football team in your own tribe, and you play football to the other tribe, then, you know, you really want to win, or the competition, and then sometimes hatred also come in, but if you start mixing these groups, then they have to choose, I'm going for my tribe, or I'm going for the football, and then sometimes people choose for the football, because they know it's a game. And then afterwards, there are discussions and say, this is also in real life. When you have friends from another tribe, what are you doing? When the war zone is there or when, when there is a peace building uh, 
effort or after the war, you know, what are you doing and what are your attitudes, what are your perceptions, uh, and particularly the perceptions change, because if you are in the same team and you win, you have a feeling of competition, but also a feeling of achievements. So that means uh, you can also have that, you know, when you live together in a, in a village and you manage to remain peace together, also between Christians and Muslims, for example, that's another one. So you mean, if you see that in football, you can also achieve it in your village. Mm, that's amazing. That's really exciting what you're involved with. And so what are the next things for this particular program in Ghana? Uh, what we have uh, also have done is an evaluation because it is good also to learn lessons. Uh, you know, it's very easy to say we roll it out because we have seen some success in, in people's life. But we want to improve on the model, so there is an evaluation going on also in Mozambique and Kenya. So we have three countries, not with the Salvation Army, but with the football for water. And out of these evaluations, they want to improve their um, model. And then we are planning to roll it out in more uh, places in Ghana. And of course, we have to raise funding. That's always an issue. But uh, we are planning to roll it out. And also to have some model schools that people can also come. Because sometimes you don't need so much money for the football for water. You need money for your... Uh, facilities like water and the sanitation block, but for the for the model itself, it's not costly. And what would you say, just in summary, what are some of the key lessons that you've learned from just being involved in this program? Be creative. You know, sometimes we take it for granted the creativity. You just think, let us people need water, so we just build facilities and we we give them knowledge, and then you you go away, and we know. And, and actually, you expect that people take uh, take it up and there is an attitude change, but that's, that's really an, uh, a topic in itself. To be honest, I came to the office this morning and then I was tempted to cross the road while the traffic light was red. So I know I have to stop, and my attitude is also that I have to stop, but I was so much tempted to cross the road because many people did, and nothing happened. And that's, a, that's attitude. And why I'm not doing it? I was just looking, is there a police around? Because maybe I get a ticket. But it was not my inner motivation, you know. Mm. And honestly, I crossed the road. So <laughs> attitude change. I mean, that, that is something which is, is really getting to the crux of measurement. Because it's very easy when, when we look at some of our wash programs, we can measure how many sessions we've done, how much water, you know, bore wells have been put in, how many tanks have gone in, whatever, how many toilets have been built. But how do you start to measure the attitude changes and the behavioral changes, which are essentially the outcomes and the long-term kind of changes that you're, you're hoping to achieve? How do you measure that? It's a very valued question, you know, and it's not an easy uh, answer because many people are, have studied for it and even don't know the answer. So we are still looking to the, the, to the best ways, but some of the ways, uh, it's just particular life stories and also taking samples. So you know a little bit how many people you read, so you pick up samples in life stories and ask the people themselves what changed before and after. So there's another way of reporting as well. I remember one innovative um, monitoring tool we had been using in the past in another area is a video. So we gave the people just a video camera and uh, they were taught how to use it and they said, you know, you make videos in your own village before and after the interventions. 
So then when you have a video clip, you see the changes. There is nothing to report on because you see. You see if people are washing their hands and of course maybe they put it on the video. But there are always people around that, that you also see attitude because attitude is in, in more than only washing hands. My thanks to Ellen for explaining some of the innovative ways that the Salvation Army and others are addressing sanitation around the world. As always, you can find out more information on our website, www.salvationarmy.org.uk forward slash ID. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Follow and subscribe for news of upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening. Have a great Christmas and we'll be back in the new year.